Dr. Zeus Film Podcast that of course is Mildred Pierce directed by, by Michael Curtis starring Joan Crawford and Anne Blythe Anne Blythe is still alive I believe she is the only cast member she's 93 years old still be alive from Mildred Pierce I decided on that film because well what happened with Joan Crawford her daughter wrote that tell-all, Mommy Dearest, which may or may not be true. But that performance in Mildred Pierce, where she's playing the good, hard-working mother, and the daughter is the brat. Yeah. Okay. Her, her daughter wants to be upper crust, and, and Mildred Pierce, Joan Crawford's character, is... um hardworking and but doesn't rest on her laurels yeah she's got a fur coat but it's the 1940s huh <sighs> i figured you know there's been so many film moms there's been tv moms we've talked about terms of endearment how that's an endear that's that's an endearing relationship right there to the color purple and how she uh Seely wants to fight to see her children again and oprah Whose character of Sophia literally does fight and doesn't see her kids for 10 years. And then when she sees them, she's like, I don't know y'all anymore. Yeah, because they're all growing up. There are so many different portrayals of mothers in film. And then there and then there are those who they are not biologically the parent. But they are the caretaker. And the one film that I thought of really that um, shows that is Auntie Mame. We're not going to talk a whole lot about Auntie Mame. But just mothers and mother figures and mentors. And, you know, in Auntie Mame, think of it. Uh, Patrick's. Patrick's parents are no longer alive. So his nearest relative is his eccentric aunt. And I'm trying to cue up the... You know, there have always been that talk of, you know, back to Joan Crawford. Who is the better actress, Joan Crawford, Betty Davis? Because they had done whatever happened to Baby Jane together. But I remember watching... Mildred Pierce back in 2014 one one Sunday morning 
early or late Saturday into Sunday morning. It was it was a long movie, and I was so impressed by it. And that was my grandmother's generation. My grandmother loved Joan Crawford and Betty Davis, and I understood it at that point. I thought, okay, that maybe Joan Crawford had gotten a bad rap because she was a terrific actress, especially in Mildred Pierce. She won the Academy Award for Mildred Pierce. She accepted the award in bed. Very legendary. Some say she wasn't really sick and she just showed up. She probably was afraid to show up because she thought she would lose. You know? Um, but in the long run, it's, it's, it's an amazing film. Both Anne Blythe and Joan Crawford were nominated for Oscars. Joan Crawford won. The film was even nominated for Best Picture. And I, Michael Curtis, Michael Curtis, who had famously done Casablanca. And it was also a comeback for Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford was in her 40s. And at that point, even actresses who were over 30... That was a death sentence. She had left. M- she was, I think, fired from MGM. She had gone over to Warner Brothers, which was Betty Davis's territory. And at first, Michael Curtis didn't want to work with her. He said, "Oh God, Crawf- Joan Crawford and the shoulders, because she had those broad shoulders." And then um, they get, did a screen test, and and the rest is um, history. And even even toward the end of her life, Robert or, uh, David Frost asked her, what film do you want to be remembered for? And she said, of course, Mildred Pierce. But whatever happened to Baby Jane really was the, the infamous film that it was, so much so that the film did so well that there, there was going to be a sequel, Hush Hush, or I think it was called uh, Whatever Happened to Aunt Char- or Cousin Charlotte would become Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte and it never went through because Joan Crawford was fired from the film and Olivia de Havilland took her place uh, because her and Betty Davis didn't, just didn't get along and what's sad is about that is there were, there were two actresses and Betty Davis later said she had respect for Joan Crawford she said she was a professional, she showed up she knew her lines and sadly, also Betty Davis's daughter wrote a, a tell-all about Betty Davis right after Betty Davis had a really bad stroke from a, a mastectomy that she had had in the 1980s. And so both both women had this estrangement, but they both played mothers on screen. You think of you think of Joan Crawford and Mildred Pierce, okay? And then for me, Betty Davis and the star. I've always said that, you know, yes, All All About Eve gets a lot of attention, but she's not a mother in All About Eve. In the star, she is this actress who has been out of jail. She's an alcoholic. And her daughter is played by Natalie Wood. And it... it almost seem to I mean there, there's a there's a part that I'll never forget where she's driving drunk and she's got her real Academy Award and she puts it on the dashboard she's like come on Oscar let's you and me get drunk and you you look at that now and it and it holds up there's even a department uh, store moment where these two women are like that can't be Margaret Elliot 
oh, she was in the tabloids. and But at the same time, her character is, is fighting to stay relevant in her daughter's life. Here's, here's the star with Betty Davis and Natalie Wood. that character that's rare because in the 1950s which was an interesting time she's she's a single woman and she's a single mother she's no longer married she's this actress she's fallen on hard times and that that was that was rare for back then and then there was another star who in real life wasn't biologically a mother but had many nieces and nephews and was a mother figure to them as, as many of her roles where she played mothers and that's Catherine Hepburn and The Lion in Winter is such an interesting film and it's been done it's been done so many different ways modern wise in terms of you think of the show um, <clears throat> um, what is it um, Empire which really is a take on the line in winter where the father is getting on in years and who is going to be the successor it's kind of like the tv show succession who is going to take the keys to the empire and in line in winter katherine hepburn really plays a very complex layered mother the father has her in jail because she's staged many mutinies against him and at the same time, her children don't know whether to love her or to join ranks with her. Let it go for now. I can't. Not so hard. Try saying after me, John wins, I lose. What if John dies? <laughs> 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 of course he has a knife. He always has a knife. We all have knives. 
1983 and we're barbarians. How clear we make it. Oh, my piglets, we are the origins of war. Not history's forces, nor the times, nor justice, nor the lack of it, nor causes, nor religions, nor ideas, nor kinds of government, nor any other thing. We are the killers. We breed wars. We carry it like syphilis inside. Dead bodies rot in field and stream because the living ones are rotten. For the love of God, can't we love one another just a little? That's how peace begins. We have so much to love each other for. Have such possibilities for the children. And so that's Eleanor of Aquitaine. You know, her sons are basically they they want their father's empire. They they know that their father, and this is 1183. So back then, if you lived past 50, it was like living to 97. And that really is the the crux of the whole situation. Now, I want to switch gears to another legendary actress, and that's Miss Cicely Tyson in Sounder, and that character that she's playing, her and Paul Winfield, I, I don't think Cicely Tyson got the credit. She was only nominated for Academy Award once. She won an honorary Academy Award. She had a very long you know, career in film and in television and in television movies. Of course, Roots. Of course, the uh, autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. So when you when you say Cicely Tyson, she was always playing mother characters, and she played Rebecca in Sounder, and Sounder earned her an Academy Award nomination. It was the same year that she was nominated against Diana Ross, Liza Minnelli, and um, <clears throat> what it, what, from what I saw in Sounder, Cicely Tyson's character, her her job really is to just keep her family together, and her and her husband and the children, and. Um, if we can, um, you know, I'm always looking for clips for. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. This is uh, from Sounder. TV movie. Oh my. <laughs> Oops. But I'll leave that in. Okay, here's here's Sounder.
Now, his family must struggle. Working in the sun, huh? Yeah, always. To overcome adversity. Charlie, just because a man and his family are cousins, Look, I don't make the rules. In order to survive. The boy is hungry. So that's Sounder, and I wanted to find something for Cicely Tyson, who who died sadly last year. She she had a long, long life. Um, I think she had just finished her biography. At that point, she had a she had had a resurgence um, by doing a trip to Bountiful on Broadway, and then brought it to television. <clears throat> this is Cicely Tyson talking about, in her own words, the film Sounder 50 years ago. Isn't that hard to believe? We can cue it up. We're back with Cicely. They were interested in me for the role of the school teacher. I read for the school teacher. But when I was finished, I said to them, that I didn't want to play school teacher, that I wanted to play Rebecca, because I didn't consider the school teacher a challenge, and Rebecca was to me. There were so many aspects of her character that I found exciting enough to want to know if I could encompass this woman's character. One was her strength, her courage, her love that no matter how difficult things were, they were going to get better. All of these facets about her were stimulating to me. And they both looked at each other, and then they looked at me, and they said, you are too young, you're too pretty, you're too sexy to play Rebecca. And I said, but I am an actress, and I would like the opportunity to play Rebecca. said and they went in search of someone else to play Rebecca however in the meantime I started working on the role and I just kept working on it and about perhaps a month or six weeks later I received a telephone call from my agent who said to me well you have Rebecca I said, when do we start? And he said, aren't you excited? And I said, no. So why not? Is it because I knew she was mine all along? I was just waiting for them to find out. And that's how Rebecca came to 
That's Cicely Tyson talking about <clears throat> the film Sounder and playing the mother, Rebecca. And in real life, Cicely Tyson herself was a mother and um, had a child at 17. And um, her daughter is her legacy now. Now, in 1997, a very well-known British actress who was known very well in England on television and in film and in stage did a film and it premiered in America and it made her a household name and she wasn't just playing any she was playing Queen Victoria the mother and the grandmother of Europe and I thought we'd end tonight because it's always interesting when you tell people about the grandmother of Europe Queen Victoria uh, Wilhelm of Germany was her grandson her granddaughter Alexandra became the the uh, empress of uh, uh, Russia the last czar in his family and so, and then also her other granddaughter was um, a royal in Denmark. And so the whole fa- <coughs> the whole family basically was a part of history. And it was Judy Dench who played Queen Victoria like nobody else. She played her twice. Here she is with uh, uh, Billy Connolly. That's the grandmother of Europe. And she has her family. And her family, if you notice in that clip, the trailer, don't like the favoritism. They don't like Mr. Brown. 
because he's a common man. He's a Highland man. He's a Scottish man, played by Billy Connolly. And at the same time, it's good for her. She is grief-stricken. The whole country went into mourning after Prince Albert died. And Queen Victoria just, uh, you know, went into this deep depression. And it was John Brown that brought her out of that depression as a friend. And um, the film is so amazing. I've seen Victoria and Abdul, and I like it. But Mrs. Her Majesty Mrs. Brown is such a great film because that that and James Bond are really our introduction to here in the United States to Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench, and she was nominated for it. She didn't win. Um, of course, she did Shakespeare in Love, where she won. But Mrs. Brown, she's she's the grandmother of Europe. She's the mother of Europe, and how her children. They all want a piece of her, and that in that aspect, the Prince of Wales, all he's thinking about is his, his succession. When is she going to die so that he can inherit the throne? And that's later, that's further examined in Victoria and Abdul. But in Her Majesty Mrs. Brown, they all just assume, oh, okay, our mother is the queen, Queen Victoria, and she doesn't need to have any fun. Well, what I love that this film is is that she has a lot of fun, and it's through John Brown that she has that fun. She goes out drinking, she goes out dancing, she goes out riding, and I think we forget that mothers have to have their own fun, have their own lives beyond us, and I, w- I wanted to take some time to mention a friend of mine who herself, she was going through that, and she had she came out here to visit she had an amazing trip and we talked about that and i'm not going to go too in depth or in detail because that's her story um but we talked about it and i said to her look i understand i understand because at the end of the day before you're a wife and before you're a mother you are a woman and you have things that you need to experience and sometimes time to yourself and so that's why i brought up Her Majesty Mrs. Brown, because think about, think about the pressure that Queen Victoria had. She was, she was the Queen of England, and at that time, she was the Empress of India, and she controlled all of these different countries, and she made it to her golden jubilee. She reigned for decades. She died at the age of 81, and it was only her I think, great-great-granddaughter, who is Queen Elizabeth II, who has basically reigned longer than any um, foreign dignitary in the world. Over, oh, geez, is it 70? Yeah, 70 years this year. For 70 years, Queen Elizabeth II has been the Queen of England because she said she she made that promise. Her life, whether it be long or short, that she would devote to her country as queen. And so she hasn't wavered. She hasn't stepped down. And she's 90-something years old. And um, and even that story is further examined in the film uh, The Queen, where Helen Mirren so brilliantly played Queen Elizabeth II. And what she, what she dealt with in terms of her family, it, it centers on the death of her daughter-in-law, 
Princess Diana and how the country the country almost wanted to banish the um, monarchy because of, of how they dealt with the um, mourning of Princess Diana and Helen Mirren not only looked like Queen Elizabeth what she brought to that role and then you have um, Michael Sheen as Tony Blair and what I liked about the film was they didn't cast anyone as Princess Diana what they did is they used archival footage of the real Princess Diana and I wanted to play a clip for you we'll end tonight with the Queen and, and these are these are mothers in high profile positions I'd also like to mention I had done a show recently about the film Baby Boom and right there you think of that you think of um, Diane Keaton Diane Keaton who plays such great characters and in Baby Boom she's this executive and she inherits a baby she has no intentions of becoming a mother and she inherits a baby her cousin's baby she hasn't seen the cousin since they were kids and it and it uproots her life but in a good way and so i thought let's 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 talk about those mothers um but here in the queen um the the relationship between the queen and Prince Charles is is interesting because at the same time this is his mother, but she is also the Queen of England. James Cromwell and, and Helen Mirren as Queen Elizabeth II and 
Prince Philip. And um, what, if you think about that, what a force Princess Diana was in that family because she uprooted the family in a good way. They went from this cold, calculating royal family to emotions and I think that's what people remember so those are those are the mothers I mean and and the grandmothers as, as well trust me when they're when shit goes down the grandmothers come over and uh, they they either make the soup or they know or sew or knit you know um my grandmother just liked to stay active. She would wash the dishes. I think that was a therapeutic thing for her, you know, as well as my other grandmother. My other grandmother would get ready and go to church, okay? So, and, and I kind of, and I respected that about her because everyone else is eating the food and she's like, I, I'm, I'm going to church. Don't bother me. She got ready. She had an agenda. She was she had a focus and um that's what it takes so yeah it's um it's a crazy world and so i wanted to talk about the mothers in film and television and um give them respect the single mothers the adopted mothers and yes even the crazy mothers um <laughs> I think that's what we're well and um of course everyone's favorite British show absolutely fabulous um here we go Thank you. 
So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, including the crazy Jennifer Saunders of uh, Absolutely Fabulous Unpleasant Dreams. Thank you.